and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, and my good mate, Phil. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's actually gone off shopping at the Microsoft Store. Don't know why. Anyway, on with the show. Mr. Phil, how are you? Phil is quite well. I'm quite well, very well. Yes. Drew, you? Well? Well, tired, well, good, yes, all of the above. Excellent. Excellente. As they say in... The um, Latino countries like, well, let's say, like Spain and Mexico. Excelente. Excelente. Everyone say it with me now. Excelente. Excelente. Cool. You know, you, you, you may have seen it in those uh, foreign copies of Bill and Ted. Yes. Exactly. Bill et Ted, the excelente adventiono. Ah, <laughs> uh, excellent. Cool. Good. Jolly good show. All right. Uh, so on this edition of... This program, uh, this program being Kent and the Steering Team, um, that's why you clicked on it. Drew and I thought it'd be good to look at some trailers. Now, we've touched on it in previous episodes, trailers. Trailers, 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 trailers. Trailers. Trailer parks. Trailers, yes, of course. Now, trailers are... Previews. Previews for films, and, and that's what we're going to be discussing. Well, films and television shows, like, I guess, yep. Netflix exclusives and stuff like that. Does Bit of everything. Trailers? Yeah, so, yeah. look, tra- Trailers. Um, reason why I want to talk about trailers is because they can make or break a film, and we've touched on it in previous episodes, the fact that trailers are either really good or they're awful. We touched on it in one of our first episodes, actually. We went back and did a bit of digging through this, and it's something that still bothers us and still excites us all at once. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a good example of a bad trailer would be Pet Cemetery, the most recent film, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, um, this is the one that's driven us to this point. Yeah, exactly. The reason why it was a bad trailer was because, again, um, several weeks ago we went on a adventure to the Blue Mountains, and when we saw two films, we saw Us and we saw Dumbo. When we were waiting for Us to start, um, Sarah and I were in the cinema. Drew had popped out, uh, come where we went, but... Um, or where it was, but uh, we were waiting for the film to start. Yep. And um, a trailer for Pet Cemetery came on, and it gave away, basically, not basically, it literally gave away the, the entire, entire story in exact sequence, in exact order. They didn't show one scene before another one, you know, and we, we, we at the time would have had no idea, but when we saw the film, we saw that the trailer literally showed the film in order in about... A minute, minute and a half. So therefore, we saw the entirety of the movie. So nothing was a surprise. We knew everything. Sure, the I guess the excuse is that it's a recreation of an old, old film Poor excuse. and an old book. Poor excuse. I thought the idea of it was you meant to suck in a new audience or new people, and they. Yes, okay, we went and saw it, but we we're going to go see it anyway. But they didn't really capture anyone because they had given away the whole story. The, they didn't do themselves any favours. The trailer is not meant to be the Cliff Notes edition of a movie. It's meant to be a taste of what is in store, mm-hmm. an idea of what is to come. When, when they say a teaser trailer, um, a teaser is what a trailer should be. A teaser trailer, though, is... A little idea of what is coming in the trailer and that's just very disappointing yeah look and, and at the time of this is an example at the time of recording this I haven't seen Avengers um, Endgame um, in all the earlier trailers that we had for Avengers this is another example of I guess giving away too much in all the earlier trailers we saw that Iron Man Tony Stark was off on his own on this faraway planet was it Titan yeah, he's on Titan. Yeah, on Titan. With all on Nebula. his own. With Nebula. He's a bit depressed. He's a bit lonely. The trailers showed him on a spaceship running out of air or oxygen. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and she's his... looking a bit blue. Yeah. And <laughs> if you don't get the joke, it's because Nebula is blue. Yep. That's not acceptable, Drew. I thought it was. Uh, Jesus. Um, and uh, <laughs> he is trying to get back to Pepper. And he sends a message in his um, Iron Man mask, mm. which is running out of power, that he doesn't know if he's going to get back, and it's all a bit doom and gloom and a bit a bit sad. And a bit up in the air. A bit up in the air, a bit lonely. Um, and uh, then we find out that in another trailer, again, all the trailers up until a certain point, up until about a month out from the film, were showing that he's not 
back and he looks like he's, this is game over for Tony Stark and what's going to happen for Tony Stark. All the trailers now in the last month have shown him there and again the, the directors have said that they shot things that were specific for the trailer that may not be yep. in the movie. Yep. But all the last the trailers in the last month showed him with the other Avengers shaking hands and them as a big team and everything like that. So it's kind of like well hang on you just killed the illusion that he might be all on his own. Again, we haven't. I haven't seen the film at this stage, and also, I mean, I feel like we could assume that he would find his way back. To yeah, him, but I but don't. But also, he half the Avengers crew were killed off in the last movie. Again, probably going to come back again because it's a Marvel movie. I'd probably but, be content if they didn't show us any trailers. But again, they ruined that idea that oh my god, Tony Stark's actually in trouble. He's not in control. The man who's normally in full control is not in control here. No. And suddenly, no, he's back on Earth. Everything's sorted. Oh, so it's so all, all done. Yeah, Fixed it's all it. tickety-boo again. So that's a little bit disappointing in that sense that they just kind of... At the same time, it may not move that quickly in the film. It's a three-hour movie that confirmed three, it's it. It's a three-hour movie, but it doesn't matter. They still gave away a plot point, which is that he gets back. Which, again, we could have all assumed and guessed anyway. But yeah. that's not the point. The point is, the film that they looked like they were setting up, now... It, that's not the thing. The thing isn't this poor guy on his own. This guy that is in control that's now all alone and Lost scared. In space. No, he's back and he's shaking hands with Captain America and uh, he's looking... The only sad part about it for him is that he's looking, a picture of, looking at a picture of Spider-Man and uh, he's a bit disappointed that Spider-Man's not there anymore. But that's it. That's, that's the extent of his sadness now in his life. It's... Mm. The point was that he was what looked... What we thought was an expecting father... Yep. All alone away from his wife and he's just miserable and scared and alone. But no, he gets back. So again, even Avengers has ruined their own build up, I think. within the last month, they they again to quote something fairly recently, um, for me, um, they've snatched the jaws of victory. Oh, they snatched 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 defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. It, just a massive own goal in doing that. Again, they're trying to show a little bit more and, again, tease people. But I think they ruined it. Can we think of any good examples of trailers? Or do you have yeah, any more comments on that? Yeah, no, no. I, there's plenty of good examples. There's plenty more bad examples. What's um, another bad example? Oh, uh, one, one that... It, it's actually a trailer that I like. But, but I, <clears throat> I also acknowledge it gives away like the whole movie. And that's the Bewitched film. Yeah, that does also do With the entire... Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell. Oh, God. Oh. Sorry, my phone was ringing in the we, background. We then. interrupt this program for a phone call. Oh. Anyway, I'm not going to answer it, but continue. Anyway, yeah, the Bewitched trailer, it, it gives away the entire plot of the film. Um, there's a few more. There's, they, they just show off everything. Uh, I'm trying to think of the Prometheus trailer. I don't think it gave away much. Prometheus, really Prometheus didn't give away everything. It was really interesting, was... but at the same time, the film just was completely vague and random anyway. Again, you know my opinion on Prometheus, and that was a pretty shit-ass movie. Until Alien Covenant, Covenant came along, and then it made Prometheus look quite good. That's true, it did. <laughs> I actually like Prometheus. I always have. Um, I think a good example of a trailer is Inception. Yes. Um, I think that's quite a good example. I remember before seeing Inception being... All we knew was it was about invading dreams. Yeah, but also I, I, I remember I painted completely different pictures of what the story was going to be like with the scenes in which I'd seen in the trailer. More so than I had with any other sort of trailer. With any other sort of trailers, I'd kind of gotten the gist of it, but then just to kind of expected different scenes or different things to happen. Um... Yeah, uh, Prome uh, not Prometheus. Inception, though, I com I painted a completely different story. I didn't know the detail of the plot, other than going into dreams. Well, this is what we were talking about yesterday. We were talking about the fact that the Pirates of the Caribbean trailer, the first one, gave you nothing. It gave you excitement, but it gave you no inkling of plot whatsoever or character. Do you, know you didn't know anything about the characters. Do you know what the other movie was that did that? And it, and it. Played us like five different trailers and gave away zero plot. Mm -hmm. The Simpsons movie. Do you remember the ad campaigns for the Simpsons movie? No, I don't. They did. They showed a couple of independent sketches from the film that really had nothing to do with plot. Mm. Like Homer and Bart um, 
uh, putting Memory. the tiles in oh, the Oh, I remember that, yeah. Or Homer caught between the rock and the hard place. Yeah. Or him um, whipping the wolves. Like, yeah. You had much. no idea what... Jump, jump, run. Rest, rest. Yeah, I You had totally no idea what any of this had to do with. And when they did play an actual trailer for the film, it just showed all these clips with no dialogue. You had no clue what the plot of the film was. Ed, that's true. However, I think the plot of the film wasn't a very strong plot either. No, it, it's very thin, but it, yeah, it's also true thing. to The Simpsons. Wouldn't they have written just tangent here? Wouldn't they? Shouldn't they have written the Simpsons movie back in the heyday? Shouldn't they have known what they were going to do as the movie in the heyday? Not leave it to the newer, worse Simpsons era to write the film. But it, but it was written by the heyday people, and released in the, the end of the heyday era. I think the heyday era had come to an end by then. I think the show should have probably ended around the time the film came out and then they could have just made more movies. Yeah, I agree. Because they, they still say true. they plan on making more, but... No one's going to go see it now. Well, it won't have the pool. Remember, back in 2007, everyone flocked to see The Simpsons You movie. know, I didn't see The Simpsons movie in cinemas. Didn't you? And I was the biggest fan of The Simpsons and I didn't see The, Sim- the movie. I, oh. I completely missed it. See, I had, I had a childhood where one parent let me watch it and the other didn't, so... It, the Simpsons was an interesting thing in our house. It, it, it was a topic of, oh, mm. if one parent was home, I could. So I didn't watch it all that much, but I definitely wanted to see the movie, and I went with another friend, and what was it? It was 2007. Mm. I was 15, so yeah, those was... kind of restrictions of what I could watch had essentially yeah. lifted. And yeah, we went and watched it. It was so funny. I, just I, I still it. think it's excellent. It, it's a paper-thin plot, but... It focuses so much on developing its characters that that's somewhat acceptable. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 syndrome. Give you a plot yeah. that, that basically does nothing but lets your characters grow. Yeah, I, I remember watching... I also remember watching the first couple of episodes... Oops, dropped my phone. Watching the first couple of episodes after the movie and the fact that it kind of like led on from where the movie finished... Yeah, but then but then it does the cardinal sin where it it then decides, oh yeah, cool, it happened. It had short term, um, short term growth for the characters, mm-hmm. but they didn't actually retain any of that. Homer mm-hmm. is still an absolute idiot, and he doesn't actually mend his relationship with Bart no. the way he's meant to after the movie. It was meant to be a defining moment that changes their relationship. And it lasts for, what, the first three or four episodes after the movie? Same with the pig. Yeah, yeah, spider pig dies off. Mm -hmm. Or Harry Plopper, whatever you want to call him. Harry Plopper. And, yeah, even the relationship with Flanders, where there there was an understanding that Flanders really supported them as a family. Yeah. And then that just was out the window. Yeah, again, lots lots didn't continue. Uh, Back to... To trailers then yeah the Simpsons movie was a good one one of the earlier trailers I can remember is um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone trailer and the, the scene when he's just in, with the owl coming in and then no I remember the scene when he's in um, Ollivander's and he's um, he goes give it a wave and he waves the wand yeah. and he breaks the vase on the bench for some reason I thought that was in like some a post office something like that like I painted again the trailer didn't give enough away so I painted a completely different picture and I was like what scene of the book is that and I couldn't work it out at all I just was so confused by it it was very well crafted I remember I remember watching the trailer and going oh yeah I remember a couple of these key moments but and also Hagrid pulling the Christmas tree in in the snow that yeah. scene with the music playing Christmas music playing they and played that in the trailer and also the fact that John Williams wrote Hedwig's theme for the trailer really and then kept it for the movie which is I, I still see Hedwig's theme as the Harry Potter theme song it is, and the fact that they play it at the beginning of the Fantastic Beasts films, I think, is quite poignant. Mm. It's good. Uh, yeah, so, so so that's another strong trailer. I I, I was trying to think of um, another trailer. Alien. That, yeah, Alien. Alien's a strong trailer. Again, I love the way that the writing comes up throughout the trailer. Mm. And it's almost this, like, bizarre alien world, this, this weird kind of strange world, and then suddenly it goes bang, and it's just total chaos, and just drama and stress and what's the tagline in In space space. no one can hear you scream yeah that the trailer and what it portrays are just total chaos and disarray and just this terror in space they're all alone Mm. i love that about it though Mm. do you remember the trailer for toy story 2 
Not really. I re- it stuck in my memory for a, for a number of reasons. It had some key bits of music from other films that I knew. Um, it also used the boys are back in town in the trailer, and then had the tagline the toys are back in town. That's fantastic. I can't remember the trailer at all. Um, it, that's the piece of music. So in the trailer. It had the scene where they're trying to cross the road to Al's toy barn, yeah. and the and the truck snaps and the yeah. the funnel rolls over to them. Do you know the pit of music it's playing there? It's Danny Elfman's Men in Black theme. Really? Really. Now you're going to want to go back and watch it. I really it. want to go watch that. Yeah, it's Danny Elfman's Men in Black as, as it's rolling toward them <sighs> as Potato Head's trying to pull his foot off the gum. That's fantastic. But it was clever. It, it, it didn't... It, you, you got an idea of the plot, but you didn't, didn't get any no. anything crucial out of it. And again, you see scenes in, in trailers that, again, you don't know what the plot is, but you see those scenes and you go, I can't wait to watch the movie because I can't wait to see that scene. Mm. I can't wait to see that again. I want to see that again. I want to see what the context of that is. Um, a good example of that trailer-wise... Oh, I had one in my head just then, and it's gone. Oh, dear. Oh There's dear, so many dear. good ones over the years. I can remember the Disney classics. Yep. Toy Story 4. So we've been looking at that trailer recently. We have with quite a lot, yes. Again, I wasn't sold on... I'm still not sold on the idea of having a Toy Story 4, because I don't think it should exist. But if it exists, it better be bloody perfect. And right. I, I, I wasn't sure still until I seen the most recent trailer... I don't think it's fair that they played God Only Knows in that. It just makes me feel emotional watching yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like you were just tugging at all the heartstrings. You know what you're doing. But still, I'm not sure if it's going to sell it. Uh, I think the reason no one's sure yet is because there exist. is such a sense of finality to the third exactly. one. Exactly. Why do they do such a thing like that if it's not the end? But at the same time, if they stop doing all these little short films of Toy Story after Toy Story 4 comes out, I'll be happy. Because they made three and then started making all these little shorts of their life after Andy. And it's it's like, oh, well, we already... I don't know why they bother doing that. Why do they do that? We've Who's already it? seen bits of it. What's the audience for? What, what audience is that for? I don't know. Toy Story of Terror, Toy Story that Time Forgot. Uh, when is that for? I don't know. Where does it show? Is it shown on US television? I, yeah, I think they play it on ABC in America because it's owned by Disney. I think that's what it is. I've, I've got one of them on Blu-ray. Someone bought it for me and it had a whole heap of the specials on it. Mm. Like Partysaurus Rex and... I remember that one. I haven't seen that, but I... They're, they're, they're good. They're not bad. The, the specials aren't bad. They're just... They're there, so mm. it really wasn't the end with three. Which is, I think, a bit stupid of them. But anyway, I, one, one thing that I do remember, not so much a trailer, but an ad using a film, was when Ice Age came out. You know that scene in Ice Age where they go down like the ice like slides and everything like that? Yeah. Trying to hold on to the baby? They did an ad campaign for that around Christmas time. Yeah. And they had... At, so in the film, they slide down the bottom and they, they crash into a pile of snow. Yeah. And they say, Whoa. Then they're all like really shocked, and then Diego leans over and like punches. Yeah. Um, Woo! Who's up for round two? Yes, they says that. Um, but then the tra- uh, in this ad, he goes, "Woo! Happy holidays!" And they've animated Christmas hats onto them, and because they've got white beards on it, makes it look like they're Santa Claus. That's weird. Yeah. So they did that. That was for the launch of the film, the DVD release. Um, I also remember again the Disney classics because we had VCRs. Which yeah. had commercials on there. DVDs don't have commercials on them, I think. Yeah. But the VCRs, they packed the shit out of those things with commercials. <sighs> I think there was more commercial than movies. Again, I remember that blue screen that would come up and say, stay tuned for more features after... No, stay tuned for more trailers after the feature. Do you mean the one with the blue and the gold crossing thing? Or the actual blue one with the lighter blue? At the bottom, And it was yeah. in the bubbly letters. No, it was in... It was in, like, Times... Dark Blue Times New Roman font and it would be I think it, this is what it was I'm trying to remember what it would look and it, it was dark blue at the top and it was light blue at the bottom and it would say yeah stay tuned at the end of this feature stay tuned for the for more trailers at the end of the feature which used to just be ridiculous Drew's looking it up right now what the screen I looked am. like because honestly I can't remember what the screen looked like exactly I think I remember what it looked like it was just they were kind of like bubbly letters and it was a fade were. blue the black background was faded blue 
Yeah, slightly purpley tinge. Oh, I have to look it up too now. But I remember that all the trailers on there. I remember seeing the 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 Aristocats one. I remember seeing the Hundred and One Dalmatians one. That feature. Yeah, pre-feed does dark blue to slightly lighter blue. And would say, stay tuned to the end of the feature presentation. It's the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember the the the. the the Dumbo, like I said on the, that Dumbo review that we did, I remember as a child just being so annoyed waiting for this thing to start. And then it would just be, you'd hear this background noise of Dumbo. And then it would show, um, who's the guy that, the, the guy with the stone, the sword and the stone. Merlin. And he'd be like, hippity poppity poppity pat. Hockity pockity wockity whack. That. Merlin. Okay, that. And then there was also the yes. 101 Dalmatians where they were like, yeah, exactly like that. Drew. Yeah, there it is. And then it'd be um, like uh, 101 Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians going, oh, we're all dirty or something like that because it had like soot all over them. Yep. Uh, and then it also showed Mary Poppins with, with her going, super Yeah. Yep. Just... And it would show in the Aristocats where they're sitting looking out at Paris and the tails start to yeah. intertwine. Exactly. Yep. And it would also show um, Peter Pan. And it would have the saw through the yeah. top. Yep. And then it would have uh, um, the Little Mermaid, and she'd like launch up onto a rock and, like, yep. you know, downward dog kind of move. And yep. then, like, and the, the wave would, and the, and the wave would splash. Yep. Um, and. Oh, there was another good one in there. Oh, Dumbo sneezing in the ears pop out. And then there was also. Did it show Pocahontas? Yep. Yep, it did. Oh, and Cinderella coming into her ball gown. Yes! Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, so it had that. Stuff. All the classics. All the classics. But I remember that trailer and I remember always wanting to watch each and every one of them and then also finding the Merlin one a bit boring looking. Do you remember the really good one that came out on the Disney DVDs and Blu-rays a few years ago that had the clips zooming out at like squares of clips from the screen all zooming in and they all came together to build the Disney castle? No. Funny thing, it had this really epic music to it. I never twigged on for years, but it was actually the theme music to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And Disney had acquired the rights to the music from Warner Brothers to use wanted... for their own pro promotional really? thing. Yeah, They really liked the music, did they? They just liked the music. So, and it was licensed by Warner Brothers, but they used it for their promo. As you do, As I guess. As you do. Oh dear, uh, can you think of any bad Oh yeah, Robin any... Hood was in that thing. In that compilation. But the fox one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the good Robin Hood. Why did they make Robin Hood a fox? Because they liked anthropomorphizing um, all their characters at the time. Okay. Um, good trailers. Can you think of any other good trailers? We watched Jurassic Park one, but the Jurassic Park one, there could have been an amazing trailer in that. I think we're both really disappointed. I think, I think The Lost that. World has a better trailer than Jurassic Lost Park Lost World has did. a much better trailer, but do you, do you agree that... the So Jurassic Park isn't so much a thriller... More sci-fi. Uh, sci Do you know what had the better trailer? Jurassic World had the better trailer. Yeah, the park is open with that, with that soft piano music yeah. and just seeing the. Yeah, it it actually had a fantastic trailer. Mm. It it didn't show you much of the park being no. open. It was really sweet. It would just say the park is open, and it would just say. Have, and it had the gates open. Yeah, it would have Jurassic Park theme song, not the flyby one. Yeah, the one that Drew's humming. That one, yeah, it had that song playing really softly, just to make you feel all warm and fuzzy and inside, a little bit sad, a little bit, you know, happy you know, all at once, and then just having Bryce Dallas Howard run. just scream, run, while and, she's running, yeah, and Chris Pratt just turning and going, evacuate the island, yeah, like it bump, painted bump, bump. something awesome, and it turned out to be not very good, um, yeah, Jurassic Park should have had a much better trailer. It had like one of those crappy '90s ones where it was just a voice talking over a random bunch of scenes that actually were just like, yeah, show that, 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 and that. Show that in the movie, in the trailer, done. And it could have had this really creepy trailer of, like, the T-Rex arm reaching over the fence with the power out, cable snapping, seeing the water vibrate, and then Samuel L. Jackson saying, I can't get the power on. Men in Black 2 has a good trailer. I can't remember it. It, it made a point of just showing that he's bringing K back. It didn't actually go into any detail about why he was bringing him back, what the mission was. It was simply the Earth needs you back. And he couldn't remember a damn thing because he was a postal worker again. Right. And, yeah. And, and he goes through the denuralizer speech and then K goes, all right, what's that thing right there? 
the denuralizer. And then the voiceover, and it was that 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 voiceover that was always in every trailer, trailer in the nineties, where it would go, "They're back in black," and they'd both oh, kick the doors man. down together and oh, walk yeah. through and. Uh, see trailers that don't give away much but give you enough yeah trailers back when they were fun the trailers yeah now and now there's teaser trailers for te- for teaser trailers yeah yeah trailer there's, a tra- preview. there's a trailer for the trailer of a film it's like stop getting our hopes up just give us what we want a trailer for the teaser trailer which is in turn a teaser for the actual trailer yeah I, I remember one, one of the things that started sparking this discussion with us or, or making us wanting to make this episode was the fact that we saw the um, Stranger Things Season 3 trailer. Yes, now and that is a trailer. That's a great trailer. And also the use of oh. music in trailers is so important. And again, the, mm. the trailer for um, Stranger Things 3 uses Barbara O'Reilly by The Who, but a, an interesting remix a of remix it. A remix of it. And um, we've been hooked on it ever yeah, since. Yeah, great remix. And again... I love the use of music in trailers. Yes. Um, I think everyone does. But also, when it's used as kind of the main thing, rather than having dialogue and stuff like mm. that as the main thing, when music's the main thing, I love it. So again, the fact that Barbara O'Reilly had its kind of centerpiece in the trailer, just with some visual yeah. in the background, and it they painted the picture to the song, rather than just cramming in words to make uh, tell its own story. Do you, know, do you know who else did it? Um... Well, I've actually did it with This Will Be by Natalie Cole. I can't remember that trailer at all. They did it really well because in part of the song, it goes through quick cuts back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then they actually cut through each quip of every person as it did it in the trailer. And the trailer used the song to craft the trailer. See, together. I like that. Not a, It's not a music video for the song, but it's no. using the, the speed and tempo of the yeah. song to paint a, uh, the trailer. And it did it really well. And again, it's not then giving away anything to the st- with the story. It's showing you the characters. It's showing you what to look out for, setting, and that's maybe it. Bit of a link. Bit of a link? I don't know. Similar times, similar songs and films, but the parent trap, the Lindsay Lohan one, had a good trailer, but it used the main theme from Father of the Bride, which was made by the same husband and wife team. Really? Yeah, Nancy Myers and Charles Shire, they made the Father of the Bride films and then they made The Parent Trap. And they used their own Father of the Bride theme from Alan Silvestri in the trailer for The Parent Trap. And it works beautifully. And you have the voiceover going from the makers of Father of the Bride. And it had the moment where the mum's walking down the corridor and the girl's step out from either door yeah and and she can't handle it very clever that movie was weird why did the parents why are they so selfish to completely separate sisters well they separated uh, but they came from different parts of the world so yeah but the fact that they were never told that they had a sister they thought it would be better but remember it's also a time where the internet wasn't prevalent so they could get away with doing such a thing That's and really just lead their own lives evil. I think they'd intended to tell them when they got to a certain age and then just never did it yeah fair enough um trying to think about the TV trailers not not so much Netflix trailers but TV, the TV trailers, trailers. Lost. Um, I mean, I'm trying to remember the first one for Lost I remember the first one for Californication and and it had to cut off at certain moments because they couldn't let particular words air yeah, on a yeah. commercial. So they they cut it off in such a way that you knew what they were going to say. It alluded to it. Oh, it was very clever. Oh, I remember the lost one. The lost one was like, it, it was centered around this weird, it was centered around the fact that the island was weird and ended with Dominic Monaghan saying, guys, where are we? And it, yeah, and it showed the mist over the island yeah. in the shot. I remember that. Oh, again, a plane, it showed a plane crash. Yep. The island. And, it, and the, the people Looking scattered at the, yeah. around like, and then, then the And then you'd hear some, yeah. some noise in the forest, and then Dominic Monaghan say, Guys, where are we? That was it. What was it? That was it. And it was just a really, really like... It was like, oh my god, that looks awesome. The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, had a good trailer. Yeah, it certainly wasn't a good movie, though. No, not at all. But the trailer was rather good. It, it sold us on the idea that, yes, The Hobbit could be as exciting and it could be the return to Middle-earth that we deserved. 
I think they should Could do be. Silmarillion. How well, there's that you, Am- Aragon. How would you do the Silmarillion? I have no idea, but I think they should. Am- Amazon's series Aragon. that they're making. Based on Aragon for season one. Is it? Season one's based on Aragon, I think. Oh. I just thought it was dealing with a different age of... I that's what I wanted it to be, but I think they're dealing with Aragon in season one, which is a bit like, well, why couldn't you just do literally... The world is enormous, do something completely different. It's so boring. You... Tell us the story of Tom Bombadil. Far more interesting. Tom Bombadil! <laughs> I'd, I'd love to watch a whole show about Tom Bombadil. Aww. Or tell us Smeagol's life before the ring, where well, he was a just. Game card, isn't it? <laughs> there, there is a Gollum game yeah, on its way. Sick. But I, I want to see the adventures of Smeagol and Deagle. Yeah. Before their little fishing trip, where they find the ring, <laughs> and it all goes horribly wrong. He was a hapless nothing of his town that no, no one cared for. No. He was like oh the sweet pushover guy. And then he found <laughs> the ring, and then that changed. Thank you, um, Tolkien, for writing the appendices. Narnia had had a good trailer. The first Narnia. I can't remember it. I remember seeing Narnia. It showed, it showed a lot of the build-up before they get into Narnia. Showed a tiny bit of them in there and the threat they face. Mm-hmm. And the final shot had Aslan roaring directly at the camera. Oh, I remember and that. And then the logo came in really epic and slowly yeah. spinning around and... Narnia. The first one was great. I didn't see any of the other ones. Second one is better than the first one, as far as like how it's made. The first one's the most entertaining and probably the best one. Yeah. But the second one is just a better film. Right. And the third one... Is it the same cast for all three? Yeah, but the first two were made by Disney and then they sold the rights over to Fox. Oh, and now cool. Disney's got them all back. Yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> you can have it for now. But Netflix have signed a deal to adapt the books to Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, Netflix is going to tackle Narnia next. Narnia. Language and wardrobe. I remember the first one, the, when when um, the first one started, the language and the wardrobe started. Yep. Uh, the way that at the very start was the planes flying over. Mm. And just being like, wow, I didn't expect this at all. Because even though I'd read the book or had the book read to me, I completely forgot about that kind of thing. The fact that they were in war-torn yeah. time. And yeah, having the planes fly over was like, really like, oh, wow. God, terrifying. Um, trailers, 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 trailers. We watched so many of them, too. So, so many of them. I think I've got notes. I, I think about this frequently. Like, we, we just, we watched so many. But I, I showed you last night something that you weren't aware of, but something I'd grown up with was the best way to watch the trailers was on Apple trailers, trailers trailers.apple.com. And you would go there and they would have the trailers and you would, you would click on whichever movie it was and you could even browse by studio and see what was up. And it would open up a little window and you could choose low, medium or high quality. Mm -hmm. And it would also determine the size. And then the little bar would take a million years to load. But when it finally loaded, there was a little arrow pointing down on Mm. the far right. And if you clicked it, you could go save movie as a little um, fun thing that QuickTime offered if you had QuickTime Pro. It would just let you save it. Yeah, and you could save the the video. Download. So I, I used to download all these trailers. So many trailers. And I would just sit back and re-watch them all later. I can remember now, though. I can remember exactly where I was, and I can remember the situation. I remember having to... I remember for some reason it felt faster if you play, kept playing the trailer up until the point where it finished loading. Like, as in... Yeah, if you pushed it, it would... If you kept pressing play and just making it load... Like, watch the, video, the trailer through up until the point that it was up to. Yeah. I remember I'd seen the same scene about 150,000 times. This is for Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets trailer. I remember that one. And I remember it would be... I remember the voices being broken already in it and just being like, wow, this is completely different. And it would show the scene... It was showing the scene uh, with the train coming up behind them. Yep. That was in the trailer. And I remember I remember that so much. And just being like, wow, oh my God, it's Harry Potter 2. Here we go. And yeah, we had to... We I watched the scene with the train. I still get like that when I watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Harry Potter 2. Yeah, watching that scene, I think I watched the train scene about 150 trillion times because we had to just keep buffering it by pressing play and back to the beginning. Pressing you, play, back to the beginning. You just do. Yeah. And then finally, we'd leave the room for about an hour and be, then someone would come in and check and go, Guys, it's done, it's ready! And we'd go running in and we'd all go, Okay, press play. I remember that. Those were the days. Those were the days. Uh, it's not so much um, movie or, or TV trailer, trailers. Game trailers were a big thing for me. 
Um, I remember there used to be a website called GameTrailers.com and it would actually, all it would do would just show videos of game There trailers. are some game trailers that I'm all aboard mm. for. Um, especially when they when they do HD remakes of games that I loved growing up. Yeah, 100%. Again, like, if, let's say Crash Bandicoot, for example. Yeah, seeing that trailer Crash was, was like, wonderful. <gasps> seeing the Spyro one was just like, oh, look at that graphics! The biggest one for me is Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Because those graphics, you can't deal with how good it is. There's like, a lens there. Again, for me, it would, it'd be things like... I can still remember watching the trailer for Grand Theft Auto 4, the first yep. Grand Theft Auto game to appear on the next generation, as in not PlayStation 2, so yep. this is on PlayStation 3. And it was showing this Russian guy, we'd had only before that Americans or like these black kind of gangsters and stuff in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. There were people mm. in Grand Theft Auto Vice City where they were just, you know, yep. coked up Miami people. Um, but San Andreas changed everything. It certainly did. And then Grand Theft Auto 3 had a character that couldn't even talk and it was just a New York-based game. And then suddenly we had Grand Theft Auto 4. And Grand Theft Auto 4 was set in New York. It was showing a man there trying to live the American dream. He was Russian, just coming to the country. He was talking about how, you know, family's the most important thing and you have to just try and build a life there. Came to America to build a life. And it was showing so many set pieces in New York City, like, for example, the, the MetLife building, which used to be the Pan Am building. Yeah. Except saying, get a life. Um, and, uh, yeah, they'd show just the, the skyline of New York. And it's just like, wow, holy shit. Like, they've recreated New York. And, again, with the best graphics that we'd seen on the game up until that point, just to see that. Great trailer. I want to go back and watch it again. Um, Grand Theft Auto Five trailer. Again, breathtaking. Blew the socks off everyone. The fact that it was this huge open world planes, three different characters it seemed, it seemed like. Um, and uh, then again, I go to things like The Last of Us, seeing The Last of Us trailer from a game company that had made Crash Bandicoot previously and then had made the Uncharted games, which I'm such a huge fan of, mm. to then watch the trailer of The Last of Us, um, you know, watching one of those big games conferences and seeing this trailer come up and it say Naughty Dog and being like, oh, what is this? Naughty Dog? Yeah, it, it's an exciting thing, especially when it's something that, you know, we, we're so used to growing up seeing Naughty Dog. And seeing seeing a company, seeing someone that, yeah, seeing something that you, seeing something by someone you know, but you have no idea what they're doing. Mm. And again, seeing the trailer for something like The Last of Us, which is a post-apocalyptic kind of world, and seeing this person... Again, a trailer shows so much. The fact that the trailer showed someone being killed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this little girl coming over and opening up the dead guy's backpack and then rummaging through it and finding a couple of bullets where some of them were just shells and one of them, and two of them were actual unused bullets. And just being like, bingo, yes, and being excited. It kind of paints the picture that things are desperate. Mm. There's not a lot going on. And then hearing the sound of the, the infected people there screaming in the background and it's terrifying and you know you have to hide it, it, it told me exactly what the game was about straight away and then yeah and seeing that and that game is now my favorite game of all time so yeah you know um game trailers do so much too and, and build so much suspense and anticipation and again it's the same thing for the last of us 2 trailer to see that it's fantastic it's good that we have trailers. I, I think that they do serve a purpose, especially when it's not abused. Well, without them, we just can suddenly get to a world that we have no idea or give a shit about. We haven't had any time to hype up and build that no. anticipation for. Trailers that are done well build anticipation. Trailers that are, have been done badly just build fear. Do you remember how, how insane it went when the first trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens hit? What happened now? Was that when it was just... It was... Oh, no, it was the Where fantastic... Finn pops his head up, looks around. No, I can't remember that one. I can just oh. remember the one where it was... Um, it was the Star Wars theme played slowly. Whichever one it was. The... Da, 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 da. That one. I think but that played with, been it. But played with drums and everything like that. And it was showing kind of like this bleak world to this piano tune. Very empty kind of echoey piano and having a figure, must have been Ray, plumbing down through a crashed destroyer. Remember that, just in the field, and seeing um, Darth Vader's helmet in the sand? That was the... I think that was for The Force Awakens. No, Force no, Awakens. no, no, that was for The Last Jedi. No, that was for Force Awakens. The teaser for The Force Awakens was just... Hang on, I'm going to bring it up here. 
it was a very short thing, but it was rather epic. Can I have the sound on? Yes. Mm. For those listening at home, you know what to look up for. Yeah, you can you can hear it. So nothing happening. Just looking at a there has been an awakening. A desert. And we didn't know what the voice Have was. You felt it? No. But it was Andy Circus. We still know who that We're looking at a Stormtrooper. Yeah. Finn. BB eight. Some stormtroopers on a ship. Being dropped off in a world. Ray on a speed speeder. Poe in, in an X-Wing. The dark side. Kylo Ren. And the light. And the Millennium Falcon. Now that's a teaser trailer. Yeah. Gave away nothing. No, we didn't know anything about it. I still think that that character, whatever the big guy is, Snoke, 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 is the most random who gives a shit character in the entire Star Wars world, because where the hell did he come from? Yeah, we thought that about the Emperor though, remember? No. You've grown up with just the prequels. Did you watch the original three... For first. a while first. Yeah. Without any knowledge of who the Emperor was. It was just the Emperor is Darth Vader's boss and he's the big bad guy. Yeah. But we don't see much of him. Yeah. But that's what Snoke is. The only difference is that they do what Palpatine wanted. No, but the, the difference is... The difference is... The first three that we had all on their own, like four, five, and six on their own, we just assumed that there was like... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of this is the way it's been. This is what it's like. Yeah. But then suddenly we know what the ending was. The ending was at the end of episode six, and now suddenly here we are with episode seven, and there's a guy that looks so much worse and so much more extreme than the the last emperor. And like this guy, where the hell has this giant been hiding all this time? Like it's been thirty years. Uh, yeah, but still, and it's a vast galaxy. But still, it I I don't think it's a just continuation of the story. That's what's ridiculous. I hope we get some answers. We won't. We'll see. We won't. Because the next episode is episode 9. And then that's it. They just won't dawdle over the fact that it'll happen. They're like, do you like the story? And everyone will say no. Can you explain this? And they'll say, no, we're not doing any more Skywalker stuff now. (laughs) Sorry. No, no more films. Yeah. They may do a TV series set between 7 and... Um, between six and 7. I don't think... Aside from the cartoon series. I don't think they should touch it. I think they should just leave it with all the unanswered things unanswered because they're not going to answer them properly that's going to make more questions possibly again J.J. Abrams is involved and he has a long history of doing things and not answering questions Lost for example he made so many more questions than what he answered for that TV show yeah he again, did the same with Alias the last season of Lost was billed as we're going to answer all your questions and then they didn't and then they... what they did was in the last season they made about 150 million new questions and answered half of those new questions and it's like well I didn't ask any of those questions I asked you to answer things from the entirety of the series that you were going to answer in the last series and you never answered them and they're like yeah but we answered the new questions they did the same thing with Cloverfield no one though. fucking asked you those new questions you idiot so yeah JJ still Abrams, no answer to Cloverfield he has a really poor as good as he is at making things that look spectacular he does and, and writing for the most part and, yeah. and writing interesting things he does and appalling job at answering literally anything that he's ever done ever do you know another fantastic case of him not answering the biggest question mission impossible 3 first movie he ever directed yeah biggest question in the film what is the rabbit's foot remember ethan has to get the rabbit's foot to save his wife julia from philip seymour hoffman's character owen davian Mm -hmm. he gets the rabbit's foot he, he goes into Shanghai, does the weird building-to-building building jump, yeah. gets out of the building, has it in his hand, this device, 
gets it to Davian, kills Davian, and gets his wife out, returns the rabbit's foot to um, IMF and the CIA, asks the director of the CIA, what is the rabbit's foot? And what does Lawrence Fishburne come back with? Say you'll come back to work and I'll tell you. And that's it. He just kind of is like, ah, you know the Tom Cruise, ah, smile. Chucks one of those. Pats him on the shoulder, shakes hands, and then he and Julia walk off, and that's the end of the movie. See, he does that a lot. He has it's a really like, bad what? habit of creating some Apparently, really apparently it's n- inconsequential. I, I would agree that, though, that in this instance, matter. it is not. It is of no consequence Just whatsoever. Just answer the question, though. But, oh, yeah, so it's, it's frustrating. So, so he has a real good habit of doing that. He does, but I, I'm still annoyed that in episode 7, we get this whole concept of the Knights of Ren, and where on earth are they? I, I don't like that we get the whole concept of... It's like, yep, cool, The cool. entire there's dark a whole, side. There's a whole squad of Kylo Ren's people, people, and yet we don't see them at all. And there's a planet now, not just a Death Star. There's a planet which is somehow bigger than what the Star Death Star Killer was. Base. And we don't hear... How the hell did that happen? How did they just build a fucking planet between the last one and this one they built it out of a planet they 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 commandeered a planet and then just built it into it i think they'd have better luck building the star but i think it makes sense of course they're going to try the they're going to try doing the same thing but bigger they're not smart it's not an indictment on the filmmakers it's an indictment on the empire they're not clever and we know they're not clever because stormtroopers can't aim it's a no it's a what it what it ends up ultimately being is just taking a big steamy piss on the original three because it just shows all that happy ending that you built for all that you literally just did means fuck all because they're going to come back bigger and badder the next time there is a vast majority of fans out there though that were reading the novels that came out after return of the jedi and considered them to be the true continuation and a lot of what happens in that is even more messed up than what's going on in the movies right now so it, it, it was always doomed. It, they were never going to just shut the door and leave it closed. I, I, it kind of... It feels a little bit like bad... Um, At least the prequels don't really tarnish the reputation of the original three. No, exactly. They the just sequels, add a character like Jar Jar Binks. Thankfully, the um, sequels are actually better films than the prequels. Yeah, I, I would agree. But... Um, <laughs> Look, it feels a little bit like bad horror movie. You know when like they're just like a, a hack and slash where they're just like, and then that, uh, and then let's make it that um, like another character comes in and then like they can get killed by the bad guy and and then then what we'll do is like um, and then like another character can come in and be like, is everyone okay? And then and then like they can get killed and then and then what will happen is like another guy comes in and then he can get killed like this. That's exactly what the Star Wars. That's the based on point. <laughs> yeah, and that Star Wars, the new Star Wars films as well. It's the same thing. It's it's, um, so then they like they so the, at end of episode six, like they all like lived, and then, um, but then like pretend like then that they didn't happen. Like then they what they had did was like then the bad guys were like, Psh, we just pretended that we were like um like but- dead, and then this happened. That's what both the novels of Star Wars again. It's the Star Wars fans just shitting on the brilliance of star wars and making it look like the joke that star wars often is to a lot of people in that the all the novels and everything like that just shit on the goodness of the three movies which were great films and then these new ones are the same thing they are a shit on the doorstep of doorstep of the original ones because it's just fans going and then and then the next thing that and then they come back like bad and big bad and now they have a planet now and they can shoot across the world so the death star now we're just pretending that that was the bad thing like it's just like this is just ridiculous now there is an argument to be made though that that it is plausible that the fight continued because all they essentially did was cut off the head I would agree that it continued. I would agree that it continued, but why the hell did it come back worse than it was last time if you cut off the head? How did you... Where the hell was Snoke hiding? In 30 years, Snoke looks like he's about 4 trillion years old. Where the hell's he been hiding? He he sits in a big armchair somewhere. Yeah, but there's a lot lot more to do with the Jedi and the Sith that are hiding out in the far reaches of the galaxy. 
there is a lot more going on that we are not aware of. I think that it's, then they rushed I, these new new movies. Then I think that they were not at the right time to continue the Star I, Wars, a Skywalker story if they were gonna I think, tell the story with this massive gap between the two. I think Return of the Jedi is like the end of season one of Game of Thrones. You no, but cut then, off the head. You you've got no more Darth Vader, and you've got no more Emperor. You've got no more Robert Baratheon. You've got no more Ned Stark. And then it's a scramble. It's an absolute shit fight for control. And that's what it was. No, and that's I... what created all the factions. And that's why you see all the different factions. By the time you get 30 years later into episode 7, you're like, oh, okay, a lot went down. Which we, which the massive credits, a massive floating paragraph describes nothing of whatsoever. They literally just went from end of season 1 of Game of Thrones to... Um, the last episode of the eighth season of Game of Thrones, Wait, episode to, seven. To, to George's credit, when he wraps up Revenge of the Sith, he plants all the seeds going, cool, you know exactly where the next 17 years is 100%, heading. 100%, I agree. He, like, like, episode three is actually a brilliant film. I completely it, agree. It's just... It, he literally... All the seeds are planted at the beginning of episode two... Mm-hmm. And then episode three just fulfills it. He's like, yep, cool. We know where this character, this character, and this character are going. He even throws in one line as about what their motivations are for the next decade and a half. Episode three is such a good ending to the... Like, I thought that the, the prequels, that phase. prequels were shithouse. And Attack of the Clones is probably one of the worst films, period. Um, <laughs> but um, they Revenge of the, where Revenge of the Sith yeah. finishes... Holy shit. Like, I felt not emotional, but I felt like... Oh my god. Like, you can just... Again, I felt so bad for even Obi-Wan, the fact that he's now going to just sit there on this planet, him. But he's going to train guy. under quiet. Yeah. But that, like, the fact yeah. that, that that's what his destiny now was for the next 17 years. Like, you can see the, the time between the two. Episode 7, though, the end of episode 6, which there was meant to be nothing beyond it, fine. Mm. But they could have done a better job at pairing the two together. The fact that episode 7 starts off with basically, like, okay, everything that happened in the last ones, no, that never happened because... Just pretend it didn't, because clearly we're going to shit on all of literally all of that. You just that just happens. Then there's no link at all between the two. Well, like seven all, didn't all, link. Well, it's all inconsistent. George wrote twelve stories. He then truncated it down to nine. He then decided back in 1974 or 75. He goes, "Oh, cool! I'm going to start by making episode four. I'm going to go four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. That was his mm-hmm. original plan." He did four, five, six, then didn't do one, two, three for what eighteen years later or something. He he goes ahead and does one, two, and three. Then kind of just went, yeah, no, nah, I don't think I'll bother about doing because I did such seven, a eight, shit nine. job of doing. One, yeah, two, and after three. the response to the prequels, he kind of just fizzled, and Fox wasn't all too keen to keep going. And then when Disney bought in. They bought the company off him for $4 billion, all of which he apparently gave to charity. Wow. Which is insane. Um, but the first thing they did, they, they're like, yep, yeah, cool, we're buying it from you, we can do whatever we want, we are going to make 7, 8, and 9. Mm. And he goes, yep, yeah, okay, cool, make it without me, here are the treatments that I wrote for them, do with them what you will. They look through his treatments, they're like, yep, yeah, cool, we're going to go a different way. Yeah. So they didn't use what he, he planned. And it shows. And there are other writers, directors, and producers out there who have read his treatments and have gone, that's what they should have done. It is awesome. It could have been the most epic thing ever. And even he had always envisioned that they were going to be the main films. Seven, eight, and nine were the crux of everything. And I would say that they are probably... <sighs> One, two, and three lets it down by being such poorly made and casted films. Seven, eight, nine are just not very good films to me. Again, technology's there. It's like they're um, good movies, but, but when you're comparing there. them to what they're actually in, you're like, yeah. ah. Again, Sophia doesn't like them at all. She thinks they're shit ass because they are shit. They are. I think she that... she's not looking at them with rosy glasses like we are. Where they're we're seeing it as Star Wars. Oh, I love Star Wars cool Star Wars films oh my god new Star Wars it's the technology that's the sound oh hearing a TIE fighter again holy shit they yeah, sing all that. that that's awesome but they're I, really not very good well I think they're better than Return of the Jedi except for maybe the last like the, the final space battle in Return of the Jedi is amazing I don't think anything is better than the original three because you can't I, I think that it, it is 
possible to improve on original, I th- I th- but I don't think they have. I think it's just the technologies allowed them. I don't think they're, they're good stories. I think the story is awful in Return of the Jedi, though. Not not because Ewoks. Yeah. I have no problem with the Ewoks. I just don't like the way the characters go on their journeys. I think their journeys are, are terrible, to say the least. They make no sense whatsoever about what's going on. Mm. And only where it sort of coalesces at the very end, that's where you're like, okay, cool. Like, you got to where you wanted to get to, but the journey could have been far better. Because it shouldn't be about the destination, it should be about the journey. No. And it's like he clean forgot that in the process. But you're going to hate this. When Disney Disney went ahead and went, yep, cool, we're going to do our own thing, they brought in a writer to write episode 7 and to write treatments for eight and nine working off what george had and kind of adapting it a little more they got in academy award-winning scriptwriter michael arndt who wrote toy story 3 he wrote them then jj scrapped it and rewrote it and it shows jj's poor writability i don't think he's even a bad writer i think that just i think he gets things are bad Again, JJ caught up in the ideas. You know yeah. what? My my um my you know metaphor of the the child or my example of this yep. the child the ten year old JJ Abrams is the, the child because he does that and then pretend that this happens and then pretend that this happens and then pretend again lost pretend like there's the, this monster on the arm and then like pretend like no one knows what it is, and then pretend like it goes like this and then pretend like that. Hey, can you answer this? Remember, what? JJ JJ's not head writer. JJ that was a producer. Matter. Carlton Cuse, I think, was head writer. Well, he shouldn't be given any other responsibility. See, JJ's masterpiece is the one movie that he writes and directs and has Spielberg producing. Yeah, Super Super 8. 8. Super 8 was fantastic. Which is just... That movie is so special to me that that ranks in my top three movies of all time. Mm. Because it was the the E.T. and the Close Encounters for our generation. Super 8 is a great film. I need to watch it again. I think I've only watched it once. Oh... Yeah, you definitely need to watch it again. But, uh, it's, it's a frustrating... We love our tangents, don't we? We've we spun do. out of... Um, We've done... Re- yeah, this spun out of trailers, but... We have. But this is what it is. The trailer leads to the bigger the, film. And the discussion. And, and, yeah, and the discussion thereafter. Yeah. Does it go the way that we think the trailer's going? Does it go a different way? It doesn't matter. Does it this good? podcast go the way you think it's going to go? Of course it doesn't. Never. Shakes the head of one <laughs> Drew, um... Mr. Phil. Sick Kent of the Week? I don't know. Ooh. Not J.J. Abrams, because I think so. And that's no, a not J.J. Does have to win it? Um, have we given it to good old Jorge? Lucas? No, I don't think so. Uh, George Lucas for having awful... Um, for, for giving us the galaxy. Yeah, for giving us the galaxy in the first place um, and then doing a shit-ass job of it in episode one, two, and three of this week's Sick Kent of the Week, I think. Well done, George. Despite the fact that it has nothing to do with trailers, George, you are this week's Sick, Sick Kent of the Week. Because so, we went into Star Wars. Exactly. Star Wars. Uh, anyway, join us again next time when we continue talking about one thing and end up somewhere completely different. Uh, Drew, thank you thing. very much for being with us. Thank you, Mr. Phil. As always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, ditto. You can just hear the handshake. Exactly. Yep. Yep.